Book 14, Chapter 10 of the Antiquities of the Jews, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Antiquities of the Jews, Volume 3, by Flavius Josephus. Translated by William Whiston. Book 14, Chapter 10. The Honors That Were Paid the Jews and the leagues that were made by the Romans and other nations with them. Now when Caesar was come to Rome, he was ready to sail into Africa to fight against Scipio and Cato, when Hyrcanus sent ambassadors to him, and by them desired that he would ratify that league of friendship and mutual alliance which was between them. And it seems to me to be necessary here to give an account of all the honors that the Romans and their emperor paid to our nation, and of the leagues of mutual assistance they have made with it, that all the rest of mankind may know what regard the kings of Asia and Europe have had to us, and that they have been abundantly satisfied of our courage and fidelity. For whereas many will not believe what hath been written about us by the Persians and Macedonians, because those writings are not everywhere to be met with, nor do lie in public places but among us ourselves and certain other barbarous nations while there is no contradiction to be made against the decrees of the romans for they are laid up in the public places of the cities and are extant still in the capital and engraven upon pillars of brass nay besides this julius caesar made a pillar of brass for the jews at alexandria and declared publicly that they were citizens of alexandria out of these evidences will I demonstrate what I say, and will now set down the decrees made both by the Senate and by Julius Caesar, which relate to Hyrcanus and to our nation. Quote, Caius Julius Caesar, imperator and high priest, and dictator the second time, to the magistrates, Senate, and people of Sidon, sendeth greeting. If you be in health, it is well. I also and the army are well. I have sent you a copy of that decree, registered on the tables, which concerns Hyrcanus, the son of Alexander, the high priest and ethnarch of the Jews, that it may be laid up among the public records. And I will that it be openly proposed in a table of brass, both in Greek and in Latin. It is as follows. I, Julius Caesar, imperator the second time, and high priest, have made this decree with the approbation of the Senate. Whereas Hyrcanus, the son of Alexander the Jew, hath demonstrated his fidelity and diligence about our affairs, and this both now and in former times, both in peace and in war, as many of our generals have borne witness, and come to our assistance in the last Alexandrian war with fifteen hundred soldiers, and when he was sent by me to Mithridates, showed himself superior in valor to all the rest of that army. For these reasons I will that Hyrcanus, the son of Alexander, and his children, be ethnarchs of the Jews, and have the high priesthood of the Jews forever, according to the customs of their forefathers, and that he and his sons be our confederates, and that besides this, every one of them be reckoned among our particular friends. I also ordain that he and his children retain whatsoever privileges belong to the office of high priest, or whatsoever favors have been hitherto granted them. 
and if at any time hereafter there arise any questions about the Jewish customs, I will that he determine the same. And I think it not proper that they should be obliged to find us winter quarters, or that any money should be required of them. End quote. Quote, the decrees of Caius Caesar, consul, containing what hath been granted and determined, are as follows, that Hyrcanus and his children bear rule over the nation of the Jews, and have the profits of the places to them bequeathed, and that he, as himself the high priest and ethnarch of the Jews, defend those that are injured, and that ambassadors be sent to Hyrcanus, the son of Alexander, the high priest of the Jews, that made discourse with him about a league of friendship and mutual assistance, and that a table of brass containing the premises be openly proposed in the capital, and at Sidon, and Tyre, and Ascalon, and in the temple, engraven in Roman and Greek letters, that this decree may also be communicated to the quaestors and praetors of the several cities, and to the friends of the Jews, and that the ambassadors may have presents made them, and that these decrees be sent everywhere. End quote. Quote, Caius Caesar, imperator, dictator, consul, hath granted that out of regard to the honor and virtue and kindness of the man, and for the advantage of the senate and of the people of Rome, Hyrcanus, the son of Alexander, both he and his children, be high priests and priests of Jerusalem and of the Jewish nation, by the same right, and according to the same laws, by which their progenitors have held the priesthood. End quote. Quote, Caius Caesar, consul the fifth time, hath decreed that the Jews shall possess Jerusalem, and may encompass that city with walls, and that Hyrcanus, the son of Alexander, the high priest and ethnarch of the Jews, retain it in the manner he himself pleases, and that the Jews be allowed to deduct out of their tribute every second year the land is let, in the sabbatic period, a chorus of that tribute, and that the tribute they pay be not let to farm, nor that they pay always the same tribute. End quote. Quote, Caius Caesar, imperator, the second time, hath ordained that all the country of the Jews, excepting Joppa, do pay a tribute yearly for the city Jerusalem, excepting the seventh, which they call the sabbatical year, because thereon they neither receive the fruits of their trees, nor do they sow their land and that they pay their tribute in Sidon in the second year of that sabbatical period, the fourth part of what was sown. And besides this, they are to pay the same tithes to Hyrcanus and his sons, which they paid to their forefathers, and that no one, neither president, nor lieutenant, nor ambassador, raise auxiliaries within the bounds of Judea, nor may soldiers exact money of them for winter quarters, or under any other pretense but that they be free from all sorts of injuries, and that whatsoever they shall hereafter have, and are in possession of, or have bought, they shall retain them all. It is also our pleasure that the city Joppa, which the Jews had originally, when they made a league of friendship with the Romans, shall belong to them as it formerly did, and that Hyrcanus, the son of Alexander, and his sons, have as tribute of that city, from those that occupy the land for the country, and for what they export every year to Sidon, 
twenty thousand six hundred and seventy-five modii every year, the seventh year which they call the sabbatic year excepted, whereupon they neither plough nor receive the product of their trees. It is also the pleasure of the senate, that as to the villages which are in the great plain, which Hyrcanus and his forefathers formerly possessed, Hyrcanus and the Jews have them with the same privileges with which they formerly had them also, and that the same original ordinances remain still in force which concern the Jews with regard to their high priests, and that they enjoy the same benefits which they had formerly by the concession of the people and of the senate, and let them enjoy the like privileges in Lydda. It is the pleasure also of the senate that Hyrcanus the ethnarch and the Jews retain those places, countries, and villages which belonged to the kings of Syria and Phoenicia, the confederates of the Romans, and which they had bestowed on them as their free gifts. It is also granted to Hyrcanus and to his sons, and to the ambassadors by them sent to us, that in the fights between single gladiators, and in those with beasts, they shall sit among the senators to see those shows, and that when they desire an audience, they shall be introduced into the senate by the dictator, or by the general of the horse. And when they have introduced them, their answers shall be returned them in ten days at the furthest, after the decree of the senate is made about their affairs. End quote. Quote, Caius Caesar, imperator, dictator the fourth time, and consul the fifth time, declared to be a perpetual dictator, made this speech concerning the rights and privileges of Hyrcanus, the son of Alexander, the high priest and ethnarch of the Jews, since those imperators that have been in the provinces before me have borne witness to Hyrcanus, the high priest of the Jews, and to the Jews themselves, and this before the senate and people of Rome, when the people and senate returned their thanks to them, it is good that we now also remember the same, and provide that a requital be made to Hyrcanus, to the nation of the Jews, and to the sons of Hyrcanus, by the senate and people of Rome, and that suitably to what good will they have shown us, and to the benefits they have bestowed upon us. End quote. Quote, Julius Caius, praetor, consul of Rome, to the magistrates, senate, and people of the Parians, sendeth greeting. The Jews of Delos, and some other Jews that sojourn there, in the presence of your ambassadors, signified to us, that, by a decree of yours, you forbid them to make use of the customs of their forefathers, and their way of sacred worship. Now it does not please me that such decrees should be made against our friends and confederates, whereby they are forbidden to live according to their own customs, or to bring in contributions for common suppers and holy festivals, while they are not forbidden so to do, even at Rome itself. For even Caius Caesar, our imperator and consul, in that decree wherein he forbade the bacchanal rioters to meet in the city, did yet permit these Jews, and these only, both to bring in their contributions, and to make their common suppers. Accordingly, when I forbid other bacchanal rioters, I permit these Jews to gather themselves together, according to the customs and laws of their forefathers, and to persist therein. It will be therefore good for you, that if you have made any decree against these our friends and confederates, to abrogate the same, 
by reason of their virtue and kind disposition towards us. End quote. Now after Caius was slain, when Marcus Antonius and Publius Dolabella were consuls, they both assembled the senate, and introduced Hyrcanus's ambassadors to it, and discoursed of what they desired, and made a league of friendship with them. The senate also decreed to grant them all they desired. I add the decree itself, that those who read the present work may have ready by them a demonstration of the truth of what we say. The decree was this, quote, The decree of the senate copied out of the treasury from the public tables belonging to the quaestors, when Quintus Rutilius and Caius Cornelius were quaestors, and taken out of the second table of the first class, on the third day before the Ides of April, in the temple of Concord. There were present at the writing of this decree, Lucius Calpurnius Piso of the Menonian tribe, Servius Papinins Potidus of the Lemonian tribe, Caius Caninius Rebellius of the Tarentine tribe, Publius Tedetius, Lucius Apulinus, the son of Lucius, of the Sergian tribe, Flavius, the son of Lucius, of the Lemonian tribe, Publius Platins, the son of Publius, of the Papyrin tribe, Marcus Asilius, the son of Marcus, of the Messian tribe, Lucius Erusius, the son of Lucius, of the Stellantine tribe, Marius Quintus Plancillus, the son of Marcus, of the Polonian tribe, and Publius Serius, Publius Dolabella and Marcus Antonius, the consuls, made this reference to the Senate, that as to those things which, by the decree of the Senate, Caius Caesar had adjudged about the Jews, and yet had not hitherto that decree been brought into the treasury, it is our will, as it is also the desire of Publius Dolabella and Marcus Antonius, our consuls, to have these decrees put into the public tables, and brought to the city quaestors, that they may take care to have them put upon the double tables. This was done before the fifth of the Ides of February, in the Temple of Concord. Now the ambassadors from Hyrcanus the high priest were these, Lysimachus the son of Pausinius, Alexander the son of Theodorus, Patroclus the son of Chereus, and Jonathan the son of Onius. End quote. Hyrcanus sent also one of these ambassadors to Dolabella, who was then the prefect of Asia, and desired him to dismiss the Jews from military services, and to preserve to them the customs of their forefathers, and to permit them to live according to them. And when Dolabella had received Hyrcanus's letter, without any further deliberation, he sent an epistle to all the Asiatics, and particularly to the city of the Ephesians, the metropolis of Asia, about the Jews. A copy of which epistle here follows. Quote, when Artermon was Pritanus, on the first day of the month Leneon, Dolabella, imperator, to the senate and magistrates and people of the Ephesians, sendeth greeting. Alexander, the son of Theodorus, the ambassador of Hyrcanus, the son of Alexander, the high priest and ethnarch of the Jews, appeared before me, to show that his countrymen could not go into their armies, because they are not allowed to bear arms, or to travel on Sabbath days, nor there to procure themselves those sorts of food which they have been used to eat from the times of their forefathers. 
I do therefore grant them a freedom from going into the army, as the former prefects have done, and permit them to use the customs of their forefathers in assembling together for sacred and religious purposes, as their law requires, and for collecting oblations necessary for sacrifices. And my will is that you write this to the several cities under your jurisdiction. End quote. And these were the concessions that Dolabella made to our nation when Hyrcanus sent an embassage to him. But Lucius the consul's decree ran thus, quote, I have at my tribunal set these Jews, who are citizens of Rome, and follow the Jewish religious rites, and yet live at Ephesus, free from going into the army, on account of the superstition they are under. This was done before the twelfth of the calends of October, when Lucius Lentulus and Caius Marcellus were consuls, in the presence of Titus Appius Balgus, the son of Titus, and lieutenant of the Horatian tribe, of Titus Tongans, the son of Titus, of the Crustamine tribe, of Quintus Recius, the son of Quintus, of Titus Pompeius Longinus, the son of Titus, of Caius Servilius, the son of Caius, of the Tarentine tribe, of Bracchus, the military tribune, of Publius Lucius Gallus, the son of Publius, of the Venturin tribe, of Caius Sentins, the son of Caius, of the Sabatine tribe, of Titus Attilius Bulbus, the son of Titus, lieutenant and vice-praetor to the magistrates, senate, and people of the Ephesians, sendeth greeting. Lucius Lentulus, the consul, freed the Jews that are in Asia from going into the armies at my intercession for them, and when I had made the same petition some time afterward to Phanius the imperator, and to Lucius Antonius the vice-quaestor, I obtained the privilege of them also, and my will is that you take care that no one give them any disturbance. End quote. The Decree of the Delians quote, The answer of the praetors, when Beotus was archon, on the twentieth day of the month Thargelion, while Marcus Piso the lieutenant lived in our city, who was also appointed over the choice of the soldiers, he called us, and many other of the citizens, and gave order, that if there be here any Jews who are Roman citizens, no one is to give them any disturbance about going into the army, because Cornelius Lentulus, the consul, freed the Jews from going into the army, on account of the superstition they were under. You are therefore obliged to submit to the praetor. End quote and the like decree was made by the Sardians about us also. Quote, Caius Phanius, the son of Caius, imperator and consul, to the magistrates of Cos, sendeth greeting. I would have you know that the ambassadors of the Jews have been with me, and desired they might have those decrees which the Senate had made about them, which decrees are here subjoined. My will is that you have a regard to and take care of these men, according to the Senate's decree, that they may be safely conveyed home through your country. End quote. The Declaration of Lucius Lentulus the Consul quote, I have dismissed those Jews who are Roman citizens, and who appear to me to have their religious rights, and to observe the laws of the Jews at Ephesus, on account of the superstition they are under. This act was done before the thirteenth of the calends of October. End quote. 
quote, Lucius Antonius, the son of Marcus, vice-quaestor, and vice-praetor, to the magistrates, senate, and people of the Sardians, sendeth greeting. Those Jews that are our fellow-citizens of Rome came to me, and demonstrated that they had an assembly of their own, according to the laws of their forefathers, and this from the beginning, as also a place of their own, wherein they determined their suits and controversies with one another. Upon their petition, therefore, to me, that these might be lawful for them, I gave order that these their privileges be preserved, and they be permitted to do accordingly. End quote. The declaration of Marcus Publius, the son of Spurius, and of Marcus, the son of Marcus, and of Lucius, the son of Publius. Quote, we went to the proconsul, and informed him of what Dositheus, the son of Cleopatrida of Alexandria, desired, that, if he thought good, he would dismiss those Jews who were Roman citizens, and were wont to observe the rites of the Jewish religion, on account of the superstition they were under. Accordingly, he did dismiss them. This was done before the thirteenth of the calends of October. End quote. Quote, in the month Quintius, when Lucius Lentulus and Caius Marcellus were consuls, and there were present Titus Appius Balbus, the son of Titus, lieutenant of the Horatian tribe, Titus Tongius of the Crustamine tribe, Quintus Recius, the son of Quintus, Titus Pompeius, the son of Titus, Cornelius Longinus, Caius Servilius Bracchus, the son of Caius, a military tribune, of the Tarentine tribe, Publius Clusius Gallus, the son of Publius, of the Venturin tribe, Caius Tudius, the son of Caius, a militial tribune, of the Emilian tribe, Sextus Attilius Serranus, the son of Sextus, of the Esquiline tribe, Caius Pompeius, the son of Caius, of the Sabatine tribe, Titus Appius Menander, the son of Titus, Publius Servilius Strabo, the son of Publius, Lucius Passius Capito, the son of Lucius, of the Colline tribe, Aulus Furius Tertius, the son of Aulus, and Appius Menus. In the presence of these it was, that Lentulus pronounced this decree, I have before the tribunal dismissed those Jews that are Roman citizens, and are accustomed to observe the sacred rites of the Jews at Ephesus, on account of the superstition they are under. End quote. Quote, the magistrates of the Laodiceans to Caius Rubilius, the son of Caius, the consul, sendeth greeting. So Peter, the ambassador of Hyrcanus the high priest, hath delivered us an epistle from thee, whereby he lets us know that certain ambassadors were come from Hyrcanus, the high priest of the Jews, and brought an epistle written concerning their nation, wherein they desire that the Jews may be allowed to observe their Sabbaths and other sacred rites, according to the laws of their forefathers, and that they may be under no command, because they are our friends and confederates, and that nobody may injure them in our provinces. Now although the Trallians there present contradicted them, and were not pleased with these decrees, yet didst thou give order that they should be observed, and informedst us that thou hast been desired to write this to us about them. We therefore, in obedience to the injunctions we have received from thee, have received the epistle which thou sentest us, and have laid it up by itself among our public records. And as to the other things about which thou didst send to us, 
we will take care that no complaint be made against us. End quote. Quote, Publius Servilius, the son of Publius of the Galban tribe, the proconsul, to the magistrates, senate, and people of the Milesians, sendeth greeting. Pretanes, the son of Hermes, a citizen of yours, came to me when I was at Tralles, and held court there, and informed me that you used the Jews in a way different from my opinion, and forbade them to celebrate their Sabbaths, and to perform the sacred rites received from their forefathers, and to manage the fruits of the land according to their ancient custom, and that he had himself been the promulger of your decree, according as your laws require. I would therefore have you know that upon hearing the pleadings on both sides, I gave sentence that the Jews should not be prohibited to make use of their own customs. End quote. The Decree of Those of Pergamus quote, When Cratippus was Pratanus on the first day of the month Decius, the decree of the praetors was this, since the Romans, following the conduct of their ancestors, undertake dangers for the common safety of all mankind, and are ambitious to settle their confederates and friends in happiness and in firm peace, and since the nation of the Jews and their high priest Hyrcanus sent as ambassadors to them Strato, the son of Theodotus, and Apollonius, the son of Alexander, and Aeneas, the son of Antipater, and Aristobulus, the son of Amyntus, and Sosipater, the son of Philip, worthy and good men, who gave a particular account of their affairs, the senate thereupon made a decree about what they had desired of them, that Antiochus the king, the son of Antiochus, should do no injury to the Jews, the confederates of the Romans, and that the fortresses, and the havens, and the country, and whatever else he had taken from them, should be restored to them, and that it may be lawful for them to export their goods out of their own havens and that no king nor people may have leave to export any goods, either out of the country of Judea, or out of their havens, without paying customs, but only Ptolemy, the king of Alexandria, because he is our confederate and friend, and that, according to their desire, the garrison that is in Joppa may be ejected. Now Lucius Pettius, one of our senators, a worthy and good man, gave order that we should take care that these things should be done according to the Senate's decree, and that we should take care also that their ambassadors might return home in safety. Accordingly, we admitted Theodorus into our Senate and assembly, and took the epistle out his hands, as well as the decree of the Senate. And as he discoursed with great zeal about the Jews, and described Hyrcanus's virtue and generosity, and how he was a benefactor to all men in common, and particularly to everybody that comes to him, we laid up the epistle in our public records, and made a decree ourselves, that since we also are in confederacy with the Romans, we would do everything we could for the Jews according to the Senate's decree. Theodorus also, who brought the epistle, desired of our praetors, that they would send Hyrcanus a copy of that decree, as also ambassadors, to signify to him the affection of our people to him, and to exhort them to preserve and augment their friendship for us, and be ready to bestow other benefits upon us, as justly expecting to receive proper requitals from us, and desiring them to remember that our ancestors were friendly to the Jews even in the days of Abraham, 
who was the father of all the Hebrews, as we have also found it set down in our public records. End quote. The Decree of Those of Halicarnassus. When Memnon, the son of Orestidas by descent, but by adoption of Euonymus, was priest, on the blank day of the month Aristerion, the decree of the people upon the representation of Marcus Alexander was this, Since we have ever a great regard to piety towards God and to holiness, and since we aim to follow the people of the Romans, who are the benefactors of all men, and what they have written to us about a league of friendship and mutual assistance between the Jews and our city, and that their sacred offices and accustomed festivals and assemblies may be observed by them, we have decreed that as many men and women of the Jews as are willing so to do, may celebrate their Sabbaths, and perform their holy offices according to Jewish laws, and may make their prosuche at the seaside according to the customs of their forefathers, and if any one, whether he be a magistrate or a private person, hindereth them from so doing, he shall be liable to a fine to be applied to the uses of the city. End quote. The Decree of the Sardians quote, This decree was made by the Senate and people upon the representation of the praetors. Whereas those Jews who are fellow citizens and live with us in this city, have ever had great benefits heaped upon them by the people, and have come now into the Senate and desired of the people that upon the restitution of their law and their liberty by the Senate and people of Rome, they may assemble together according to their ancient legal custom, and that we will not bring any suit against them about it, and that a place may be given them where they may have their congregations with their wives and children, and may offer, as did their forefathers, their prayers and sacrifices to God. Now the Senate and people have decreed to permit them to assemble together on the days formerly appointed, and to act according to their own laws, and that such a place be set apart for them by the praetors, for the building and inhabiting the same, as they shall esteem fit for that purpose, and that those that take care of the provision for the city shall take care that such sorts of food as they esteem fit for their eating may be imported into the city. End quote. The Decree of the Ephesians quote, When Monophilus was Praetanus, on the first day of the month Artemisius, this decree was made by the people. Nicanor, the son of Euphemus, pronounced it upon the representation of the praetors. Since the Jews that dwell in this city have petitioned Marcus Julius Pompeius, the son of Brutus, the proconsul, that they might be allowed to observe their Sabbaths, and to act in all things according to the customs of their forefathers, without impediment from anybody, the praetor hath granted their petition. Accordingly, it was decreed by the senate and people, that in this affair that concerned the Romans, no one of them should be hindered from keeping the Sabbath day, nor be fined for so doing, but that they may be allowed to do all things according to their own laws. End quote. Now there are many such decrees of the senate and imperators of the Romans, and those different from these before us, which have been made in favor of Hyrcanus and of our nation. As also there have been more decrees of the cities and rescripts of the praetors to such epistles as concerned our rights and privileges. 
and certainly such as are not ill-disposed to what we write may believe that they are all to this purpose, and that by the specimens which we have inserted. For since we have produced evident marks that may still be seen of the friendship we have had with the Romans, and demonstrated that those marks are engraven upon columns and tables of brass in the capital, that acts still in being, and preserved to this day, we have omitted to set them all down, as needless and disagreeable. For I cannot suppose any one so perverse as not to believe the friendship we have had with the Romans, while they have demonstrated the same by such a great number of their decrees relating to us. Nor will they doubt of our fidelity as to the rest of those decrees, since we have shown the same in those we have produced, and thus have we sufficiently explained that friendship and confederacy we at those times had with the Romans. End of Book 14, Chapter 10